Welcome to Common Ground Berlin, a talk show encouraging debate and a deeper understanding of hot-button topics in the German capital and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Today's topic is one that affects many people living in Germany, and that is dual citizenship. In most cases, you have to choose to be either German or something else, even though Germany is an increasingly international country dependent economically on immigrants. Does this mean Germany is out of touch with its approach to citizenship? And why is dual citizenship something so many of us seek? Another question is whether the current German government will fulfill its promise to pave an easier path to dual citizenship. The Bundestag is expected to debate a draft law on the matter next month. For our discussion today, I'm joined by German immigration lawyer Julie Schaefer, whose practice is in Dusseldorf, Andrew Balkley, co-founder of the popular online newsletter 20% Berlin, and veteran business and international relations journalist Ekrem Ikhiji, who gave up his Turkish citizenship to become a German citizen. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Hi, Soraya. Hi, Soraya. Nice to meet you. We will also hear from three American Berliners I interviewed earlier this week about their experiences pursuing dual citizenship. They are retirees Peter Wegemann and his wife Claudia Tessier, as well as Elizabeth Simpson, who has lived here for about a decade and is married to a German. To start, Julie, can you briefly summarize what German law currently says about dual citizenship? Who can be a dual citizen here, if anybody? That is like always a law depending, Soraya. <laughs> um, according to the German Nationality Act from 2000, if you want to naturalize in order to become a German, you basically need to give up your former citizenship. Either you need to renounce it or you lose it automatically by law. Germany doesn't care as long as you don't have the other nationality. This go back to the 1870s. It was never stated in the law until 2000, but already in the so-called Reichs- and Staatsangehörigkeitsgesetz from 1913, dual nationality or multiple nationalities was never wanted. But what's the reason and, for it? I mean, what, what is the, the thinking behind it? Is it somehow that you can't be loyal to two countries at once? Yes, this is one side, of course. And the other is also the question, which country do you belong to? Who helps you when you are outside of your country? Which consulate, which embassy? So the diplomatic protection rights are also in concern of Germany. Because for myself, I'm a French and German citizen. So in Germany, I could even go to the French in order to get help and vice versa. And because you're an EU citizen, you can have both. Is that correct? This is correct since 2007. But I was born to a French mother and a German father. So by descent, you can have multiple citizenships, even under German law. But you need to have them by birth, if you like, and not by naturalization. This is the main difference. So does being married to a German help? I mean, you talked about descent, but I just wanted to follow up with the marriage or partnership. I mean, does that help you have dual citizenship? It easiers a lot of things. You do not need to wait the time. For example, um, at the moment, you have a claim in order to become German if you live here for eight years. If you are married to a German national and the marriage is longer than two years, you can already become a German citizen after three but also in this case, you would need to give up your former citizenship. The citizenship law is pretty strict even for people who start out as German, according to Peter Wegemann. I read as a German 
to the States and I was involved in the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And at some point I was asked to support the G7 meetings officially for the US. And so they, they suddenly found out that I had German citizenship. And people told me in the States, Peter, you have to become quickly American citizen. So I lost my German citizenship. And at that time, there was no way to get to it. Uh, that was in the 90s. Uh, so when they changed the system and when we came to Berlin, I applied again and it took me three years to get it back. And again, they didn't want to give me the dual citizenship. And I had to come up with real good reasons in writing and, and uh, present them twice. And in my case, the clincher was that I had from the Regierende and Bürgermeister at the time some correspondence where he thanked me and knew me and, and so on. I had organized a Hafenfest. And so uh, people felt probably that I had done something for Berlin, so it might be worthwhile to give it to me, which was ridiculous because <laughs> in, in the first place, before it got, I had to be waiting so long, I went to the ombudsman of the parliament, of the senate, because they kept losing my file and, and <laughs> not processing Ekrem, unlike Peter, you ended up giving up your Turkish citizenship to become German. Did you try to keep both? And was that even an option when you were going through the process? It was never an option. When you plan to become German, you know already because you already do your research and you know what's at stake. And uh, in my particular case, it was surprisingly, actually, it's, it was never an issue for me because uh, I knew what I had to do. And I knew how I want to live my life, where I want to live my life, what I'm going to do in my own future. And I said, okay, I mean, um, I don't think I will ever need my Turkish passport for any particular reason. Even if I have some sort of bureaucratic issue to solve in Turkey, Turkish state offers you to have this uh, so-called blue card, which carries all your nationality elements, former nationality elements, except that you can just not vote. So... Um, Other than that, you can you can manage your properties, you can find jobs, you don't need work permit in Turkey. But um, if you ask me if I have the blue card, I don't even have it because I never thought about having it because basically my life is in Germany and it will be. But yeah, I was aware of the situation and I went ahead anyway. So Ekrem, when you gave up your citizenship, was it an emotional thing for you? I mean, how did you feel about it, giving up your homeland or your ethnic citizenship? That's not entirely true. Oh, it's not true? Then <laughs> tell me what is true. <laughs> Ethnically, I'm not Turkish at all. My community is the one that migrated from Syria and Lebanon over 100 years ago to south of Turkey. So I didn't have the ethnic bond with Turkishness anyway. But I was born there. I studied there. I went to school. I grew up. My life was in Turkey. I left when I was 24 and now I'm 40 and I'm living abroad since then. And if you live abroad long enough, you don't really think about going back. And you think about how to stay and what to do. And the German passport, of course, helped me, made me, made it a lot easier for me to find a job, to settle better and more firmly. So that was it. Is any of this easier if you seek German citizenship as a U.S. citizen? Not in her case, says Elizabeth Simpson. I've heard that there are people who have been able to get um, dual citizenship. So we made an appointment at the Burger Amt. 
And we went down there and we talked to her and uh, she said I was a good candidate, you know, that my level of German seemed to be good enough. And, you know, to do the test, you just have to like study a little bit, but all of the other, you know, requirements were fulfilled. And she gave us the paperwork and then she, at the very end, she was like, oh, but you'll have to give up your American citizenship. And I was like, well, you know, I don't think I could really do that because I have family in the U.S. And she was like, well, just think about it. And if you decide to do it, then you can always bring your paperwork in. I mean, I knew that they generally do not like to have dual citizenships. But I thought since we're well established here and like, I thought it would be sort of easy to make a case, you know, that if you have family there and like the hardship case, I mean, my sister She's now um, the primary caretaker for my father who's having um, health difficulties. And she has a special needs child herself, which also takes up, you know, a lot of her time and energy. So I know that if she does need me to come over and help her with things that I need to be able to go and have an extended stay that could be more than 90 days without having to worry about, you know, do I need a visa or... (laughs) anything like that. I mean, it's your family, you know. Andrew, you've written about dual citizenship for 20% Berlin. Is Elizabeth's experience a common one for Americans in Berlin? It's completely common. I've actually tried uh, two different times. And uh, your first interview with Peter brings up the most infuriating part of the process. And that's that Germany will actually tolerate dual citizenship if you give them a reason. And most often that reason is I know a powerful politician in Berlin. I think the attorney could speak to this. If you if you can prove that you have a business interest that would help Germany, then you could keep both of them. Like if I was running a brewery in America and then I need to come back to Germany occasionally, you're going back and forth, they'll give you the dual citizenship. But most of the people that I know that have been able to get dual citizenship, German English, is because they know a politician who wrote a letter for them. And also there's another problem in Germany. People think that Germans are very rule-oriented and very correct, but they're actually not. And a lot of things, when you have to deal with a bureaucrat, your future hangs on how that bureaucrat is feeling that day. So if Elizabeth had gone in and the bureaucrats happened to like her and felt like she deserved dual citizenship, she would have gotten it. So there's no black and white. It's it's easy to get dual citizenship or it's not. It's just very infuriating because it also, if you deal with a German bureaucrat, the one thing you really need is time. So you spend all this time and energy and thought on this process. And in the end, there's no way anybody can say whether you get it or not. You just have to wait and see. And then you can maybe sue in the end, but German courts are a whole nother uh, issue. So it's, it's very infuriating. It's uh, it's I've had the process twice and I just gave up because I thought, what difference does it make? I have permanent residency here. I have my blue passport for America. I'll just do with that. Yeah, that's uh, the situation that I'm in. I'm also a permanent resident, and we'll talk more about that and how that works uh, and whether it works later. Um, I wanted to bring into this now Claudia Tessier, because her process, she's an American-born, and she went for dual citizenship, and her process ended up being a lot smoother. I got all the paperwork together, resubmitted everything probably three different times, And suddenly, in the midst of COVID, I get a phone call on Friday saying, come in regarding your application, come in on Monday, and be sure your husband is with you. So we went in together, and we were expecting another delay, you know, another, we need this, we need that, we don't understand this, why did you say that? And um, 
I told Peter, my, my Deutsch is not so good. So I said, <laughs> I want you there. So you're sure I don't sign up on my U.S. citizenship. And we were there for maybe 20 minutes, answered a few questions. And the guy stood up and said, I've got the document here. Raise your hand and read this. And we were done. Claudia says the years she and her husband spent pursuing dual citizenship left her with this conclusion about the process. It really is who's on the other side of the table that's going to tell that person facing them whether they've got a chance, no chance, do this, do that, but you didn't do it right, send me this, send me that. It's obstructive, or it can be. Julie, are these discrepancies that we're talking about Germany-wide, and are they even legal? Unfortunately, they are, Soraya. That's what I'm always telling my clients before going to a lawyer or an attorney and before we present ourselves for you, try to speak to the person who is dealing with your case. Try to make the person sympathize with your situation. Legal? No, this is not legal. But in the end, we are all human beings. And especially what we felt during the COVID pandemic is the problem to renounce citizenship, especially the U.S. one. First of all, it's really expensive. It costs 2,350 U.S. dollars. Not everyone has this money. Secondly, it can only be done apparently in the embassy. No, sorry, in the consulate in Frankfurt. So you need to travel there. And during COVID, they had closed. And the website information from May 2021 is still Please do not write emails. It's taken two and a half years at the moment before we can give you an appointment. So for many U.S. Americans who want to become German, they have the chance that even though it's not quite legal, the authority said, okay, it's not a reasonable time for your application to renounce your citizenship, so just keep it. On the other hand, COVID had many impacts, so this is perhaps one of the positive sides. But still, it's hard for my clients or for everyone to understand why does person A have the possibility to keep their citizenship and person B not, especially also um, the other way around. We know many clients who tried with their clubs, their German clubs, to become Canadians, Americans or anything else. They all applied to the Federal Office of Administration with the same application, nine of ten got the permission to have a retention permit for their German citizenship, the 10th got a denial just because they were not treated by the same person. So this is really, really unfair. And this is why I'm hoping that Germany will finally change its laws. And there are also, of course, according to the law, um, situations where you are able to keep your citizenship, especially um if to give up your citizenship is hardship for you. And this is, for example, the case when the costs to renounce your citizenship are higher than your gross monthly income. But at least they have to be 1,278 euros. If you ask why this is such a weird number, it's because it's still basically on DMARC. It was 2,500 DMARC. They changed it at that time and never applied or changed it back. So in those cases, you can do it. This is why, for example, if we have students who don't have an income and, for example, have a permanent residency and not a student visa or a student residence permit to live in Germany, to try on this way. And additionally, 
if you're older than 60 and due to health reasons, you cannot go to the embassy or consulate to um, renounce your citizenship. But then on the other side, you need to go to the doctor, get tests, attestations that you're not in the right health. And the last thing we also have is mostly if the loss is beyond your civic rights, in particular disadvantages of a financial or property related nature. So the loss needs to be higher than 10,225 euros. And of course, round about an annual gross income of yourself. And then, for example, many foreigners in some countries like Egypt are not allowed to own property or land. So they need to sell. But the need to sell is considered by Germany. Yeah, you need to go through that if you get a good price and adequate compensation. If you need to sell your property way below market value or if the state takes it away by law, then you have a chance. This is always really hard to explain to our clients, especially they lived here for quite some time. They want to move travel back and forth. And in those cases, Germany says, just extend your residence permit. But I don't think this is something that is solved. And in addition to what Andrew told, Andrew lives here like you, Soraya, for several years. You do not have the right to vote. So, and I think living here, paying taxes here, and not be able to choose who represents you in the Bundestag is quite something that I would want to. Well, that's certainly part of the debate that's going on with the uh, dual citizenship law that is going to be discussed in the Bundestag next month. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about that. Stay tuned. Hello, this is Abby, presenter and co-creator of Berlin Briefing. Do you find yourself having trouble understanding the news of the Hauptstadt, usually presented in German? If so, Berlin Briefing can help. We curate local top stories and present them in an 8-10 to minute podcast in English every Monday through Friday. You can find us at berlinbriefing.de or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rachel Tausenfreund, one of the hosts of the German Marshall Fund's podcast, Out of Order. Join our conversations with leaders and experts on what the dark side of tech does to democracy, how the pandemic shapes geopolitics, and other topics of global order and disorder. You can find our episodes and miniseries at gmfus.org or wherever you find your podcasts. We are the German Marshall Fund of the United States, strengthening transatlantic cooperation since 1972. Welcome back to Common Ground Berlin. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and joining me to talk about the prospects for dual citizenship in Germany are German immigration lawyer Julie Schaefer, whose practice is in Dusseldorf, Andrew Balkley, co-founder of the popular online newsletter 20% Berlin, and veteran journalist Ekrim Ekija, who gave up his Turkish citizenship to become a German citizen. For decades, the German government has pushed back on dual citizenship, but the Ampel, or traffic light coalition, that is in power has promised to fix that. Recently, the Interior Ministry confirmed to the online daily, The Local, that the Bundestag will take the matter up before Christmas. Ekrem, what can you tell us about the proposed law the current government wants enacted? 
Well, Berlin, Germany is changing in the last 10 years. Since 2012, 2013, we see a lot of people are coming in to do especially tech jobs here. Also, a new wave of migration from Turkey who work in IT industries in journalism and so on and so forth. So the proposal of the government is to modernize the citizenship law, which in my case required me eight years to stay in Germany, have a full-time job, uh, have a required level of German language, and you need to pass this Einbürgerungstest, the citizenship test. So now the waiting time will be reduced to five years, And in exceptional cases, it can be reduced even to three years. Well, for the fast tracking, right. Because it's eight, the normal one is eight years, I understand currently. And this would take it down to five. That's right. And then if you do the fast tracking, which is six years, it goes down to three. At least that's what, is that your understanding as well? That's right, yes. But the condition for that is that uh, uh, some German authority will decide that you integrated well and you're part of the society. So it's actually the same story with a shorter period of time. Well, so. Andrew is shaking his head about the integration uh, part. I always so. love this integration thing. Like, are you integrated into society as if Germans integrate with each other? I mean, try to get a Berliner to hang out with somebody from Stuttgart. Like, it doesn't work. So I feel like every time I hear that word integration, it's a German saying, look, I don't like Hartwig either. You go hang out with him. You know, like, either you want to give us dual citizenship or you don't. And there need to be a few hurdles. Of course, you can't just hand it out like candy, but don't play these games with integration. I know what they mean, that you can function in the society and that you, you can move around in the society, but you have to do that to live anyway. So I just, the, the integration thing is sort of a hot button thing with me. Additionally, if I may. Sure, um, go ahead, Julie. Basically, after six years, it's a discretionary decision from the authority. So it's in their discretion whether they want to give you German citizenship or not. But we had also cases where we applied after five and a half years and we did not get a decision. So we waited and waited and waited for our client. And when he was eight years here, they decided but that it was not at their discretion anymore. It was a claim. So those six years are sometimes really a farce. You're just waiting depending on where you are. For example, Berlin is one of the biggest authorities. Small authorities are way, way faster. But in terms of the new law, in terms of the proposal, do you think that this is going to solve some of the hurdles that we've described where it's different who you talk to or who is handling your application or what Bezirk you're in or what city you're in or, or state for that matter? Do those sorts of details and discrepancies get ironed out with the proposal that you and other immigration lawyers have heard about? I would say in regard to the dual or multiple citizenship, yes. In other terms, it's still a discretionary decision. So after three years, whether you integrated yourself or not, it's still up to the person. But at least you can keep your citizenship. And I think it's really funny because in the late 1990s, SPD and Grüne already tried to make multiple citizenship the principle, but there was no majority found in the Bundesrat at that time due to the CDU-CSU. So this year, I'm quite excited how this will continue because there are many Bundesrat votes who are still governed by the CDU-CSU. By the former Merkel uh, government party that was yes. in control. Yeah, so you're saying they're still in the Bundesrat and so this citizenship law still might not pass, even if it passes the Bundestag. I'm hoping for it, but um, there is still a possibility that it will get blocked and there are changes to be made in the end. 
Andrew, I want to go back to something you were talking about with permanent residency and also the reasons for becoming a dual citizen here in Germany. Many of us are permanent residents and can stay here indefinitely and are entitled to the same benefits other than voting, as Julie mentioned. So is dual citizenship really necessary here? I mean, the real reason I want dual citizenship is so that when I return to Europe, I can go through the the short lines in the airport rather than waiting (laughs) an hour and a half. Ah, the patriotism. Yes, okay. Uh, you know, it's it's realistically, it's like the difference, the emotional difference between being in a long-term relationship and being married. There just is something different to it. And it it's an acknowledgement from the government that you are participating in this society, that you're a part of this society, that you're a part of this culture. Voting is certainly nice, but it, it, for me, it's more the emotional thing of Germany saying, listen, you've been here 20 years. You are basically one of us. Uh, so here's your passport. What you do at home with your blue passport is your problem. But when you're moving around in Berlin, you're one of us. Well, Peter, Claudia, and Elizabeth, who I interviewed, had different reasons for seeking German citizenship. While all three said they have settled here, the former two say getting their German passports was also about feeling more German than American. Elizabeth, however, had this to say. With my husband's job, you know, he's been on a lot of expat contracts, and it could happen that, I mean, this did happen last year. They had, or a few years ago, they had shown an interest in sending him to a position in Vienna. And I know if you're an expat, of course, they'll make sure that your wife can come with you, but it wouldn't be automatic. I'm a permanent resident of Germany and I have the right to live and work in Germany, but I do not have the right to live and work in another EU country as an EU citizen does. So if they had offered him that contract, you know, there would have been an extra step to take for me to go with him and be able to live and work there, which wouldn't be a problem if I had German citizenship. I definitely think it's crazy that, uh, yeah, someone who just has the passport can go back and forth and live wherever they want. But just having the permanent residency here doesn't mean that you could go there as well. And my husband also had a job offer in Switzerland. And this wasn't the main reason it fell through. But it was also a question because EU citizens also can easily um, get work permits for Switzerland. But people outside the EU is much more um, difficult. Andrew, you wanted to add something to that? Yeah, because this actually happened to me. We After I'd lived here for about 15 years, we went back to Portland, Oregon. And uh, I guess I could have gone to the, I could have gotten my permanent residency status uh, extended, but I wasn't sure if I was even coming back. So I lost my permanent residency status. So when we moved back after two years, I had to go through the whole process again to get it. The process had changed some since the last time I got it. I had to pay a, an accountant 300 euros to say that I make enough money as a self-employed or freelance journalist to have the right to live here, which was also a bit of an insult when you think, I had permanent residency before. I was good enough before. And also, I have two children who are dual citizens. They're German-American. So it was kind of weird to say, like, hey, this country that I used to once belong to, can I please belong to it again? Is your wife German? My wife is German, yeah. Okay, so that made it easier for your kids to be... Yeah, they had it automatically. They have it automatically. And that's another question that comes up all the time when I say I can't get dual citizenship is everybody points at my kids and say, but why do they or don't they have to give it up when they're 18? And uh, I'm not a lawyer, so I just uh, mumble something. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because they are born to an American and a German parent. So, so they, they can keep it after 18. Yes. Okay, interesting. Julie, I had another question about what uh, people have been talking about with the permanent residency. Is there a possibility or would it solve the problem if the EU created a green card like the U.S. has? I mean, you could work in any state in the U.S. with a green card. But again, I have what's called 
EU-Niederlassungserlaubnis or EU permanent residency card. And it really doesn't seem to do anything different than if, let's say, if I move to France, where I have a small house in southern France, I would have to start the process all over again <laughs> to get residency there. What do you think from a legal perspective? Is that something that's doable or does the dual citizenship law, if it passes, solve the problem for those of us who seek multinationalism, as, as it were? The problem, what I see is um, the United States of America, you are one country. The European Union are several independent countries who are working together really good, but we don't want to become one country. We tried that with a constitution, a European one. I think it was France and the Netherlands who were against it. So no constitution. This is why we have two treaties at the moment. If you would do such thing like a green card for the whole European Union, I think many states would be really mad and would not go along with it. So this is the reason why it's still every state's decision how to implement the process. Of course, the EU blue card, etc., are from a European side of view and are um, pretty similar. But in the end, I don't think this will happen. So I would go with the multiple citizenship because many European countries already allow it. For example, France allows it without any further ado. Denmark, as far as I know. So they do not care. Germany still cares. I don't know why, because in my opinion, it's old. We live in a global world where you live wherever you want to. And after living a certain amount of time and after being part of this country, I think you deserve that citizenship without losing your former citizenship. My last question goes to all three of you, and that's about the future of dual citizenship. What do you think it's going to look like in Germany and the EU in the foreseeable future? Um, Will next month's vote be the end of it? Or do you think further changes will be needed in order to make not just the EU, but just make the globe function better when it comes to this sort of multiculturalism and multinationalism. And I'll start with Ekrem. Well, I think it's going to take still a long time to even start debating it officially in the Bundestag because the plan of the government is to take it into its agenda in December. So they themselves say that it's going to take at least until summer 2023 to be able to uh, form a meaningful draft proposal to be able to discuss it in the parliament in Bundestag. And it will, of course, be debated in the public opinion. Everybody will uh, present their opinion and it's going to create some sort of, um, how to say, a chaotic environment for both uh, migrants and German people and uh, other people who come from other countries who are attached emotionally to their original nationalities. And... As we talked about it since uh, almost half an hour, Germany is a country that is very, very, very slow. Even though <laughs> even change to make things faster comes slow. So I don't see it happening in the best case at least a couple of years from now. Andrew? Yeah, I think it'll happen. I think mostly the one thing that makes things speed up in Germany is economic reasons. And Germany desperately needs immigrants to keep the economic engine going. And so I can see uh, maybe the CDU, the conservative party that we talked about before, even getting on board because there's nobody left to work. There's nobody to work at these startups. And one easy way to do that is to make uh, immigration easier. They've tried it with some easier visas and things, which always it's sort of 50-50 if it works. And so one way to speed that up would be the dual citizenship 
So I could see it happening. On the other hand, everybody knows Europe is moving to the right at the moment. The coalition is solid at the moment, but you never know. Let's see what happens this winter. Uh, it's looking. It could be a terrible winter, and there could be a lot of upheaval politically, and then dual citizenship is suddenly... You can't say back burner because there would be no gas to put the, put it on the back burner, but it would just be shelved for a while. So I, I'm optimistic because I'm an optimistic person, but I can also see the clouds over dual citizenship. Julie, do you see clouds over dual citizenship? I see the same. Since we only start talking now after one over one year of coalition, then it will take at least, like Ekrem said, until 2023. And all the things Germany did in a rush never were good. So I hope they're taking their time, they're thinking thoroughly, and they will do something really, really good. And honestly, I hope this will happen before 2025, because as soon as the CDU will will be again in the government, I don't think this will happen as fast. That's uh, sort of a downer of a note to leave it on, but uh, that was Julie Schaefer, a German immigration lawyer whose practice is in Dusseldorf. Uh, my other guests were Andrew Bulkley, co-founder of the popular online newsletter 20% Berlin, and business and international relations journalist Ekrem Ekichi. Thank you so much to all of you for being on Common Ground Berlin. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you Thanks. for the invitation. And thank you for listening to our podcast. Our senior producer is Dina El Sayed. Our social media editor is Stefano Montali. And I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Common Ground Berlin is funded by a grant administered by the German Ministry for Economic Affairs and Climate Action. Our partners are the German Marshall Fund of the United States and Goethe Institute. All of our episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CG Berlin Podcast. If you are on Apple, we'd love for you to write a review on Common Ground Berlin. You can also subscribe to and rate our podcast on Spotify. And be sure to check out our website, commongroundberlin.com. 